Hey, Valley fans, you're listening to the March to the Arch podcast. Is your team going to win? Make some noise! This is the March to the Arch podcast, your place for Missouri Valley Conference news, talk, and takes. Welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast in this 2022-2023 Missouri Valley Conference season. On today's episode, uh, conference basketball started. Uh, we are going to break down some of the games in the first half in, in conference uh, kickoff 1A uh, before we get to 1B here later on in January. We're going to have all the banter. And then we have Evansville beat writer Anthony Christensen uh, from the Evansville Courier and Press. Excited to talk a little Purple Aces hoops at the end of this podcast. But before we get to that, Baker, how we doing? We're doing good. Yeah, um, super fun interview with Anthony coming up. Uh, it was actually re- what great timing. If uh, as uh, if most of you guys know the news going around Evansville, but we'll save it for that. Um, no, I'm just sitting down here. Uh, we're recording a podcast, looking at my. Wonderful Christmas, one of my wonderful Christmas trees that we have, multiple of in our house. Um, looking at it, it looks great, Vance. I'm, I'm sure you're looking at yours right now, right? <laughs> nope, um, sure not. Still on the Baja Bunk train. Um, thank you to listener Matt for creating the Grinch uh, meme of me um, after <laughs> last week's episode. Really appreciate that. And like, I even take it to another level, Baker. Uh, we went to church on Sunday, uh, this Sunday after we recorded, and you know, they, I think they started with Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and I just, like, turned my eyes and was like, nope, not there yet. And, uh, you oh, know, even you know, taking it to the next level that I was like, man, I just, I, I'm still not there. Um, you're, the dirt, you know, you're the dirt worst. <laughs> Come on. It's like, let's just what go are... to the normal church songs. I'm not ready for the Christmas church songs. <laughs> well, continuing in the, uh, the tradition of Vance being a Grinch, uh, he's also a Grinch about something else. Uh, something else that's going on. Vance, how many minutes of World Cup soccer have you watched in the last month? Uh, zero. Absolutely zero. You have not, you have not sat down and watched one minute. Seriously, like you haven't been like at outside a restaurant or something and it be on in the background. Like you have not seen one minute. Couldn't tell you. One minute wow. of anything. So it's crazy. You are such a world traveler and like you're very much – you know, you love traveling, you love to go to Europe and all that type of stuff. I, for you to not have an appreciation for this World Cup is bonkers to me, Vance. It's just, I can't, it can't process it. Um, I mean, we've talked a lot of soccer on this podcast for some reason. You know, when I went to Germany, it was that last two seasons, no, pre-COVID, um, that uh, I went, we randomly went to a pub um, in Germany and is it Bundesliga? Is that right? Is that the German yeah. one? Uh, there was a game or Munich, Munich, something. Bayern Munich. Thank you. Um, yeah, that it was wild. And it was like their minor league team or something of that nature. Like, like, I don't know, Bayern, do they have like a, a minor so like the Bayern, Bayern Munich would have like their club team, which is their main professional team, which is amazing. And then they'd also have like a kind of like a youth team where they have yes. like kind of like their prospect players, like their, their 20 year old, it's like the U 20 team. And yeah. like all the it big was, clubs in Europe have, like Chelsea will have one, like Liverpool has, everybody's got one. Yeah, it, I, it was fun while I was there. Um, I, I'm surprised you didn't call me out on our. Uh, there, we've got a couple group chats that are MVC related with some uh, buddies that we've met uh, over the years. And um, do you want to tell the listeners about my, the dumb question I asked when I pulled up the ESPN app and I was like looking at World Cup scores because I didn't really know what I was looking at, and um, I there was like. W L and D by all the names, and <laughs> I asked group. I was like, "Hey, dumb question here. I don't know what any of these letters mean." Uh, so, so a lot of soccer fans are probably like, "Oh my god, Vance, they're shaking their head." But there's some of you who may may not know, so we may be teaching something. So, if you look at like before a game starts, and you look at like a soccer score, it'll say like, "Oh, this game starts at 2 p.m. Whatever," and it'll have like W W L W W next to it, and results that teams had so in the case of the world cup it would be like their last five either qualifying or friendly games going in the world cup and vance was looking at the scores and i think he was trying to like i felt like you were kind of nudging your way into it a little bit and then when you didn't know what that was and you kind of like i i feel like i i myself and somebody else i think literally chimed in instantly 
to basically shoot you down like how do you not know this and then you kind of i think that kind of broke you and i was i think that was where like the socket you were just like all right screw this soccer talk and i think i i want to say you even sent a message like hey let me know when soccer talk's done yeah i was like i looked down and like 70 texts later i was like all right i'm out like just let me know when the valley games start later on tonight like we're i'm out (laughs) speaking of valley games uh you want to get into the news for this week All right, Baker, let's get into the news of this week. And really, we're just going to talk a little bit of uh, some of the individual awards that come out weekly. So first off, we have the NBC Player of the Week. That was Rob Perry of Murray State, uh, the uh, junior guard for the Racers. He averaged 25 points per game in uh, Murray's two wins last week. He was 16-30 from the floor and 9-15 of from three-point range. On the newcomer of the week side, we had Xavier Johnson of the Southern Illinois Salukis, the six-one uh, uh, grad senior, a guard uh, for point guard for the Salukis. Um, he was lights out at St. Louis, a game that I was at that we'll get to here later on. Um, he was uh, thirteen of sixteen uh, from the field and shot over eighty percent. Um, and he was 10 of 12 uh, from three-point land. So great week for uh, both these gentlemen and uh, won the accolades this uh, week. Let's get into uh, maybe a little second part of the news, and it was the first week for the net rankings. That is the NCAA's rankings that, you know, they uh, said this is how we're going to look at teams come March time and uh, Selection Sunday. So uh, I would say we're going to cover the net rankings here as of, December 7th of uh, recording on the 8th, but uh, they do update uh, more frequently um, during the week. So uh, top four teams, we've got Drake at 57. Uh, they moved up one spot. Uh, Bradley is at 63. Indiana State's at 74. And Southern Illinois is just inside that 100 mark at 98. So, Baker, we have four teams in the top 100. Um I think that's pretty solid and kind of where we thought things would be at kind of at the beginning of the season when we talk about tiers. Yeah, you only hope that they can go up from here and uh, hopefully some of these uh, those top teams can uh, make a run in conference play. Yep, and I should have kept Murray State in there. Uh, they're at 109, so they're just outside of the top 100. Um, and then there's about a 60-ranking uh, uh, jump between Murray and Missouri State at 171. And then Belmont is at 180. So uh, seven teams in the top 200 of the net rankings. And then uh, the rest of the teams are 250 and below um, UIC through Evansville. Evansville is the lowest stream at 314, but they continue to increase um, in the net rankings. Because I haven't looked at this, uh, just curious, where's Illinois State? 260, and they have not moved. 260. There you go. Well, um, so net rankings, it's uh, I know we always talk a little bit of Kim Palm, but once net comes out, we will uh, reference this from time to time. We always look at that top 100 um, on where the Valley falls and Drake really uh, potentially could move into that top 50 if they keep uh, winning. Um, Indiana State had the biggest move uh, inside that top 100. They went from 96 to 74 after their win over the Salukis. So let's get into the games that uh, drove some of these net rankings. All right, Baker, let's recap some of the games. We're going to go rapid fire here starting on November 30th. Yeah, November 30th. Uh, we're going to start with uh, a couple of games that are uh, not really as newsworthy. Uh, Murray State or Missouri State headed up to uh, Chicago to play the Flames in the Flames' first Missouri Valley Conference game. The Bears won 66-51. Uh, Donovan Clay paced the uh, Bears with 17 points in that game. And uh, another game that not super newsworthy, but good for you. Uh, the Salukis headed over to Evansville, got a nice road win, 80-53 to 53 over Evansville. Um, big win for the Salukis. Uh, Lance Jones, 17 points in this game. Uh, this was uh, It was interesting because we did the uh, spaces after the game, and uh, it was uh, fun to hear from the Evansville fans, and we kind of little therapy session for them after that one but uh a good win to start the season for the salukis but uh for uh, for me on this night there were two games that were really newsworthy uh vance starting with uh the drake bulldogs the favorite to win the league heading to Terre Haute, indiana losing 75 73 to the trees uh vance uh drake losing the opener in uh, valley play kind of a kind of a shocker but maybe not so much 
Yeah, I don't think it's out of the uh, realm of possibilities that Indiana State would win at home versus Drake. Um, I think uh, whenever we get to uh, Indiana State's next game, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Sycamores. But, I mean, surprising put – it put the Valley on notice uh, that Indiana State's for real, and then they solidified that here uh, uh, last night uh, when we get to that game. Yeah, no doubt about it. This was a big game, by the way, for Roman Penn. He had 32 in this game. Uh, not often Roman Penn goes for 30 and they lose, but – um, yeah, you're right. This was kind of the uh, put the valley on notice game for uh, Indiana State and a huge win. But, you know, looking at Drake from their perspective, Vance, they're not going to win every game in the Valley. And losing at Indiana State's not a bad loss. It's not a bad loss at all. Um, top 100 net that we just talked about. This is this is one of those uh, good losses if Drake's going to have multiple. No doubt. No doubt. Qu- quickly uh, to finish off the night, uh, Vance, you and I were in Peoria, Illinois to uh, see the Bradley Braves win. 53 over Northern Iowa. Uh, it was uh, it was a competitive game, I would say, for about the first, I don't know, 30 minutes or so. And then it kind of felt like Bradley just kind of slowly and methodically just kind of extended the lead, hit some big shots. Um, I, I To be honest with you, I think the lack of size that Northern Iowa had was it kind of caught up with them in the second half. I thought Titan Anderson did an awesome job in the first half hanging in there and kind of holding his own. But as the game wore on, it got harder and harder for him to – to really uh, keep pace in the middle there. And Bradley, it felt like once they kind of upped the intensity defensively, uh, Northern Iowa was not able to get I point to one possession where uh, Northern Iowa did everything they could, and the best shot they could have got was Bowen Bourne with a contested shot uh, from Malavi Leon. So uh, it was that kind of night for Northern Iowa once we got in the second half. Vance, do you have anything on that one? Yeah, just a little bit. It was just a slow start to the game in, in kind of both halves. It was uh, kind of – the first seven minutes I felt like the first half was like no one could score. Bradley especially couldn't score. I thought there was a lid on the goal. Slow game, uh, slow start. But once Bradley found their way, they just kind of controlled the game um, from from this point of view. And and speaking of point of views, Baker, uh, big shout out to Cody, the uh, SID ads, Bradley, for hooking it up for these two podcasters to uh, catch this game courtside. That was funny. Uh, we're, uh, we were in length of the TV for, for part of the game, and – um, my sister actually, I have a group chat with my two sisters and, uh, my sister who's a Bradley grad was actually watching the game and she sent a picture to both of us and she goes, Hey, that's, uh, my brother's bald head on TV. So there you go. You could definitely point that out for my bald head, but, uh, I digress. Yeah. Uh, it was not, yeah. thank you to Bradley for, uh, for hooking it up. And, uh, it was, uh, it was awesome to, uh, get to get to a game in person. Yep, let's uh, move on to Thursday, December 1st, where uh, two teams also made their uh, Missouri Valley Conference uh, debuts, both getting wins. Uh, Murray State's at home against the Illinois State Redbirds, winning 70-67. to um, Night four, uh, Illinois State had 20 points, and then Rob Perry, who just won uh, Newcomer of the Week, uh, with 20 points for the Racers. Hey, Vance, one thing I want to say about this game, great, great effort by both teams. I'm not going to, I don't think you read too much into it if you're a Murray fan because uh, that's your first conference game. It was going to be tough. You got the win. It doesn't matter. A uh, couple things, though, real quick. Number one, Rob Perry, I think it finally hit me. He does have a weird release, but he, it works for him. So I don't, I, I don't know if you've noticed that watching Murray State play, but his release is just kind of funky. Um, but he's been, he's been awesome for them. So very well deserved uh, player of the week. And then the other thing I want to shout to is, I don't have the names. I wish I did in front of me, but whoever the uh, play-by-play and color guys are for Murray State on ESPN Plus, um, they may have moved into like the top couple spots when it comes to ESPN Plus announcers. I'm like, I'm not kidding you. It was I was listening. So I was like, God, this is these guys are really good. They were very knowledgeable, and they felt like they actually did their research. Like it wasn't, it wasn't just like the, like these guys were legit. So shout out to them. Like I'm. I call a spade a spade, and that they were awesome fans. I watch all of my games with the sound off, so uh, I will never hear them uh, <laughs> potentially, but um, I'm, I'll take your word for it. Uh, moving on to uh, Belmont's first Missouri Valley Conference game. Uh, they won 76-64 over Valparaiso. Um, for Valparaiso, Cricky had 18, and now I um, I have a little bit of uh, shell shock here because someone drugged someone uh, across the cold on Twitter on pronouncing the last name, but Freiburg in, uh, for Belmont had 20 points, not 100% on that one uh, now that I'm second-guessing myself. But anyway, Belmont got a win. Uh, interesting for the first Valley game. Um, 
the new teams went two and one. So Murray and Belmont won, um, and then UIC losing in their uh, MDC debut. It was uh, it was good to see him uh, get those. It was nice to see those two games with the Valley logo on the floor. I that was the thing that I was I was excited to see. So, yep, we had five games on Saturday, December third. Uh, first off, um, Miami Ohio dropped one to Indiana State, uh, eighty eight to sixty one. McCauley had thirty points and seven rebounds. Uh, Ford, then we moved to Cedar Falls where they played a conference game. Uh, the Panthers took on the Evansville Purple Aces, winning 72-55. to 55. Kenny Strawbridge Jr. had 17 points for the Purple Aces with Bowen Bourne um, having 29 points. Um, back to non-con in St. Louis, the Billikens beat the Salukis 85-72, a game in which I was at. Um, it was a really tough start for the Salukis, um, I believe. Um the guard play for the Salukis in the first four minutes was I was ready to put my head through the bleachers. Uh, I think we threw it away to St. Louis's bench. Um, like what felt like 50 feet from the goal, um, just threw it away. Like it was like, we didn't know there, there were players even around and just threw it out of bounds. It was the, the weirdest start to a game I've been to um, in a really long time. The Salukis did cut it to, I believe two in the second half. And I was like, here we go. Here we go. Um, like we, I talked about it uh, earlier, Xavier Johnson just had a great game for the Salukis. Um, he really kept him in there with his three points um, and had 23 points, but uh, just Salukis just couldn't uh, make it happen um, after they cut it to two in the second half. Moving on to uh, more conference play, Drake Bulldogs beat the UIC Flames 77-64. Um, Carter had 18 for UIC, and then Tucker DeVries had 25 for the Drake Bulldogs. And then uh, Missouri State uh, lost at home to Bradley 58-40. to uh, Missouri State had 18 first-half points, and it wasn't much better in the second half with 22 uh, points. Rink Mass had 15 and then uh, the the positive on Missouri State side, I guess, is Donovan Clay had six rebounds. Yeah, no, this was a game that uh, Bradley in the. I mean, they just kind of took a. They it was kind of like a slow, methodical way of beating a team and just slowly extending this lead. And then the second half, like Missouri State just could not mount a comeback. Like this was just it was just not happening. Um, they couldn't make any timely shots. Bradley, once they kind of clamped down defensively, um, I, I, I didn't love, I didn't think Bradley was great offensively in this game, but they didn't have to be because their defense was so good. Um, and pretty disappointing game. If you're a Missouri state fan going at home against Bradley, who like, I mean, on paper, I'd say Bradley's better, but, um, it's a game that you maybe think you should be in a lot closer of a game. Vance, I, I don't know if, I think that's fair, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, especially at home. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, but impressive win for Bradley, uh, getting their uh, Valley start two and zero. All right, let's move on to Sunday, December fourth. Uh, Valparaiso lost at home to Murray State, seventy-seven to seventy, uh, leading the way for the Racers. Rob Perry had thirty points, whereas Cricky had thirty-one um, in the loss for the Beacons. Uh, Illinois State hosted Belmont um, at SefQ uh, Arena. What are we calling it, Baker? I'm union right now, and I'm I'm kind of I'm not sure about that name yet, Vance. I don't know if I want to. Are call you it on an union island on that one? Union. Did he, Did anyone else uh, call it that, or is that a youth? Is that a Baker? No, this is a me thing. I haven't heard from anybody else. I well, but did you hear anybody call R, called RBA before me, Vance? Uh yes. Okay, well, not many people did. So <laughs> there All you right, go. the union, <laughs> the people of Sefki, we're going to cease and desist here. Uh, um, if they can figure out any of our addresses. But anyway, yeah, Illinois State won by 11, 87 to 77. Penn Shepard had 23 for Belmont. Uh, Liam McChesney had 25 points for your Redbirds. Yeah, big win. Uh, pretty exciting stuff. Uh, getting that first conference win, which you and I both called, by the way, last week on the show. We did. All right, uh, moving on Tuesday, December 6th, a game we won't talk about. Belmont beat some team named Trevecca Nazarin. Um, also a game we won't talk about, Valpo beat a team, Trinity, uh, from Illinois, uh, 96-60. Um, Trinity's from Brett, Illinois. Yeah, I, they have a parenthesis by their name on ESPN, so that's the only reason I knew that. Interesting. <laughs> Battle at the Ark. Um, right. And so Bradley went on the road to SIUE and won 56-54. Uh, kind of a head-scratcher game. Um, 
just in, in the sense of, um, I don't think SIUE is very good, uh, but hey, a win is a win, and that's all that matters in non-conference on the road um, in the Valley. Bradley winning 56 to 54. I think um, SIUE is a lot better than you give them credit for, by the way. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, as a sister school to the Carbondale. Sure. I, I was just going to say, you're not going to give them love, but I'm going <laughs> no, to. Um, <laughs> SIUE actually, it, he they made things really hard on uh, Bradley in this game, and uh it was a uh, the SIUE. I mean, they were winning for a long time, and Bradley finally, once they got over the hump, got the lead. Love it, at the end, and uh, Vance. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the clip by now, um, and I'm sure you were looking in our group <laughs> chat. I, uh, a couple of us were screaming into our group chat as we could. Uh, the cameraman for SIUE fell asleep. Well, not only that. Here's the thing. Those of you who didn't want, explain it to you. Sometimes at these arenas, it's kind of a tough, you get a tough angles and people stand up in front of a camera. And so at SIUE, where the camera was, you literally couldn't see like the bottom half of the court. And it was because there was people standing up the whole time. So you're just guessing if a shot was going up at, at certain points. I'm sorry. At a certain point, the director, whoever's directing this, pick a different camera. Um, but the worst part was there was a buzzer beater, which didn't end up counting, but they literally didn't didn't even catch the shot like they were on the inbounder while the buzzer goes off and you the shot went in the crowd goes wild it didn't count but it was just such a funny thing and i'm sure you guys have seen it online on twitter but um vance that was it was hilarious it was hilarious and then it got it picked up in some of the twitter circles like it was on espn a lot of yeah it was on espn a lot of like you know the bar stools the action networks all them were like Come on, like you can't do that. And you know, when you go to the monitor review, like that was probably the angle that they're like, what do we even do? Like, how do we know if this is in? Like, I saw Harry caught it live. He, I believe he was at the game. I was like, where'd they go to Harry's cell phone? I was just going to say, (laughs) they had one baseline camera. And I was like, why aren't we not looking at the baseline camera for this play? But uh, whatever. You know what? It was one of those games. Southern played well enough to make it uncomfortable on Bradley, but Bradley, they got the win and move on. Just just Southern Illinois, take your win and move. Get it right. Southern Illinois, Edwardsville. What did Oops. I say? You said Southern Illinois. Not the same. Oh, fine. Edwardsville. S-I-U-E. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Vance. <laughs> All right. Moving on to uh, game in Cedar Falls, uh, where the Panthers dropped one at home to Toledo, 83-75. to um, Bowen Board had 27 points in this game for the Panthers. Fought hard, but couldn't get a uh, couldn't get over the hump against those guys. They, I think they cut it to like two at one point, but um, Toledo just a little too much for Northern Iowa. And real quick, the games from last night as we're recording here on uh, Thursday, December 8th. Uh, Illinois State won a big win at home against Eastern Michigan, winning 87 to 81. Gunnar Lewis had 22 points bounds for the Redbirds. Uh, I think the breakout here is Colton Sandage had 28 points as well um, in that win against Eastern uh, Michigan for the Redbirds. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good atmosphere for the game. Um, Lee McChesney did leave the game with uh, with an ankle injury, uh, tried to fight it off and uh, come back in. And I, he was he was literally because where we where my seats are, we could literally see the down the tunnel and he was trying to walk. At least and. Um, felt so bad for him because he couldn't get back into the game. But um, you're right, Colton Sandage was uh, was the big time player in this game. And uh, you know, as a Redbird fan, two and one this past week, Vance, uh, nothing but happiness for me because just uh, with with how the season started out, watching these last uh, three games where one they lost in overtime, two they won. Um, it was fun to watch. Uh, they're very they they seem very well coached. They're very well organized. Um, talent wise, they're, they're not there. And like, I'm, I'm trying to be as realistic as I can, but because they play so hard and they fight so hard in these games and they're, they seem very well organized, they're going to win a handful of games. And I think if you're one of those top five teams in the Valley that we've talked about Vance, you don't want to be the team to lose at Illinois state because one of those teams is going to go to, go to Sefcu and lose. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, the union is going to be a tough place to play at Baker. Always is. <laughs> All right, uh, Evansville got a win uh, over Campbell, seventy-two to sixty-six. The Camels, uh, at the Camels. Um, hey, uh, Campbell is within the top two hundred in the net, and Evansville, as we talked about, was bottom three hundred. So, great win for Evansville. <laughs> um, moved moved them up in the uh, own net rankings uh, with this Love win. It. 
Um, and then a uh, really frustrating game for the Salukis, but great win for the Sycamores going to the Banterra Center. Uh, talking about another bank here, uh, Baker. Um, Sycamores go on the road and beat the Salukis 74-71. to uh, Cam Henry had 15 points, 12 rebounds, and 8 assists in this game. Marcus Tomas had 16 points. Um, really frustrating start for the Salukis. You heard me say it a lot last year. Um, and now this year, it seems like some of those Saluki uh, games where I said, we just spot teams 10 points. And that's essentially what happened in this game. And losing by three, that one hurts a lot. We actually took a two-point lead with, I believe it was six-ish minutes to go in the game. And I was like, all right, we extend the tide. It's fine. But Evan or uh, Indiana State, just kept punching back. Um, Cam Henry had a heck of a game. Avelia was really tough to uh, match up for the Salukis as well. And really just um, they kind of slice and dice in the paint, um, the Salukis here. So uh, frustrating loss for the Salukis at home. But, I mean, Indiana State really put the Valley on notice with this one. No doubt, no doubt. I think uh, it'll be uh, when we get to my power rankings here in a second, we're going to have uh, an interesting conversation on both these teams. All right, uh, Drake uh, gets a win against Omaha, 78-65. to uh, Brody had 17 points and 11 rebounds. And then Missouri State went to St. Mary's on the West Coast and got beat by 20, 66-46. Uh, Low-scoring affairs uh, for Missouri State in their back-to-back games. Yeah, definitely a concern for them. I think they, uh, they've they had some injuries, and uh, they're still trying to get things rolling. Um, they do have talent, so – um, not all lost, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be a tough stretch for them. All right, and that's the game so far since our last podcast. All right, Baker, let's get into your power rankings for this past week. All right, we got the power rankings this week, and uh, this week a little bit of a shift, pretty much all around because uh, we actually had some conference games here. Um, this is not necessarily where I believe they're going to finish, but this is where. Uh, right now, after what what they looked like in the past week, this is where I think you are. Um, at number one, I don't think that there's any other choice, Vance. I think we have to go with the Sycamores. Uh, they've had they've had a great start to the season. They went on the road to Carbondale, which is never an easy win uh, to get, and they beat the favorite to win the league. Um, to have anybody first is, uh, I think, it's a crime to the Sycamores. Uh, looking at number two here, uh, I went with the Bradley Braves, and I was. I was more because I, I gave uh, SIUE a little bit more credit than you, Vance. I think, but um, go three and zero this week, and really the methodical way that they just put away Missouri State the other night was just so impressive. And similar to the game against Northern Iowa, where it was kind of a tight game, but they made the plays they need to to win by. I think they ended up winning by what fifteen or sixteen in that game. So uh, good week for the Bradley Braves. Definitely uh, two teams that I are uh, favorites on notice. Which uh, coming in at number three is the Drake Bulldogs. Um, I still think they're going to win the league, Vance. But it's after this last week, you kind of had you kind of you had the stumble against Indiana State, and uh, you did beat UIC pretty easily. But the game against Omaha was way tough. So uh, for me, I think that's where I put Drake down there. Um, at number four, I have Murray State. Murray State, uh, not the most glamorous way to start your season, but you are two and zero in the Valley. Uh, beating Valpo and Illinois State both in overtime. So uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of credit just because you are 2-0. and At number five, I have your Salukis, Vance. I think, um, to me, in the last, I think it was the St. Louis game where it really hit me where um, I think to hit the ceiling and the, the heights that we thought they might, uh, they've got to get more consistent because it feels like some nights where your offense is clicking, and your defense isn't necessarily clicking as well as you want it to, and vice versa. It feels like when you, when Southern Illinois has both things going for them, when they're playing good defense and the offense is clicking, man, there's not a team in the Valley. They, they can beat anybody. It's it's I, I don't I don't shy away from that at all, but it just feels like we're missing that consistency. Like watching that game against St. Louis, I, I don't know how long it's been since we watched a Southern Illinois team just get brutalized inside like that. Uh, St. Louis literally could do anything they wanted. And I think that was when it kind of hit me. It was like, is Southern Illinois on that top three with those top three teams? Or are they a slide below right now? I think they're kind of a slide below until they prove otherwise. Uh, and that was kind of what I was looking for last night when they lost. So um, I was lost. I think if you're Southern Illinois, uh, you're, you're not probably looking at at large anymore, but 
you can still position yourself in that top four. I think that to me, that four or five with them and Murray is going to be a tight race. But if you get that buy going into Arch Madness, you're going to be fine, Saluki fans. Uh, at number six, I know this is a homer pick, but I don't really care because it's my power rankings. I'm going to take my Redbirds. Uh, two and one this past week. Their one loss was into overtime on the road in the Valley, and they won two games, and they've showed pr- – uh, a good progression over the last week, Vance. So uh, I'm going to take my Redbirds here. I know, like I said, Homer pick, but who cares? Uh, at number seven, I am going to go with the Belmont Bruins. Uh, they did stumble against Illinois State, but shot, I think, uh, 80% from three in the second half in that game, which a lot of teams aren't going to do that, and they only lost by 10. So uh, I, I think I think we're going to pump the brakes on uh, before we – Totally get rid of Belmont here. They did get the win against uh, Valparaiso very handily. So um, still a talented team with a lot of good future ahead of them. Uh, At number, uh, where are we at? Number eight, we have Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa, uh, they did get the win against Evansville, but uh, stumbled against Bradley and uh, Toledo this past week. Uh, I thought they fought hard in the two games against Toledo and Bradley, but uh, talent-wise, I think they're just a little outmanned right now, uh, especially with Heisey on the uh, injured list. So. Once he gets back, they're going to have a little bit better uh, time uh, winning some games. At number nine, I have the UIC Flames. UIC didn't have the greatest week. They played against Missouri State and lost, and then they played against uh, uh, Drake and lost. It was a couple of tough ways, tough games to start your season in the Valley Conference, but uh, I don't want to forget about how good their non-conference was up until this point. So that's why I have them a touch above number 10, Missouri State, which, um, Vance, I'm going to be honest with you, I was – I was if I was a Missouri State fan and I watched the Bradley game and the St. Mary's game, I would be insanely frustrated. Um, both of those games offensively, they looked dreadful. And in that St. Mary's game, they didn't feel competitive. It, I like I'm just gonna call space bay. They didn't they didn't look competitive, uh, and that game wasn't close ever. Uh, going rounding out the uh, last two, we have Evansville at number eleven, Valpo at number twelve. Um, I'm not going to move Valpo up until they show me something. I feel bad for Cricky for them. Um, and I'm going to give Evansville the nod just because they got that non-conference win this past week uh, against Campbell. So Vance, uh, arguments, thoughts. I know you might have a few thoughts around Indiana State and maybe Southern Illinois here. Uh, where's your head at with my power rankings? I got nothing. The only thing I'm doing is for me is Missouri State. I mean, the last two games, they've scored a total 86 points in two games. I mean, that's just a Missouri State we don't know. Um, and I think a lot of it yeah. is, I mean, they've had Prim and Mosley for multiple years um, prior to this season. So maybe it's just more of um, what we're used to with Missouri State's high-powered office, offense. Um, but So, like, that's the only thing that is, like, you, you've nailed it, but it's just such a surprise for me. So, I thought it was a great power rankings as we look at the conference um, kind of board here. We've got three teams at 2-0, and Indiana State, Bradley, and Murray State sitting at 2-0. And then we have uh, six teams at 1-1. One and one. and then we have three teams at 0-2, and, and that's UIC, Valpo, and Evansville. Um I'm not hey Vance, Vance, can I can I put you on the spot on something? I got a I got yeah. an interesting question for you. Uh, put you on the spot right now. Um, if you had to pick the top four right now for who's going to finish one, two, three, and four, based on what you've seen so far this season and the short Valley games that we've seen, what's your one through four right now? Like in order, like you, or just the four? Uh, if you have them in order, great. If just you have the sure, four, in the four. Yep, in order. Uh, let's go Drake, Indiana State, Bradley, and it pains me, but Murray State. I think I would switch. I don't – still. I was thinking about that too. I think that there's a huge argument between two and three right now between Indiana State and Bradley, and I think there's a real argument between Southern Illinois and Murray State, and I've kind of gone back and forth on it. I think the one I'd argue with, and it was funny, we were in a group message. I kind of was like, hey, I think Murray might be number four. The more I've thought about it and the more I've kind of taken a step back, I still think Southern's fourth, but I don't like I wouldn't want to bet my my life savings on it. So no. I think that there, I think that we've got that that really good battle with those that we're going to have just a major battle down the stretch between two rivals, Murray State and Southern Illinois, I think, for that four fourth and final buy spot, Vance. Yeah, it's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a fun conference season. But let's get to uh, some of the games. This is what I'm gonna call is get right week, Baker. 
Um, we have one game on the slate this entire week that is um, in the net a team uh, an opponent that's in the top 100. One team it's in the top 100 in the net rankings. Um, so Baker starting off Friday, we got Northern Iowa uh, hosting McNeese. Uh, state. Uh, I thought they were always McNeese State, but maybe they dropped the state because it's only McNeese on uh, it's my. McNeese, uh, it's McNeese State on what I'm looking at. So I, I and I don't know. Uh, Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa. Don't lose that game. Let's move on. Um, and we've got a ton of games um, here. Uh, just real quickly, maybe we just don't do picks here unless you uh, want to do let's just, one let's here. Let's just do or... rapid, rapid fire picks. Rapid fire picks. Just all right. I'll, I'll go to you. Uh, Ball State versus Evansville. Uh, Evansville. Richmond hosting Drake. Drake, you need this game. Drake's going to win. Western Michigan hosting UIC. Uh, you know what? UIC, I think, goes on the road and gets a big win. And this is the top 100 game. Uh, Ole Miss is hosting uh, Valparaiso. Ole Miss, uh, 67 in the net rankings. Yeah, Valpo is not going to win that game. Illinois State hosting SIUE, who gave uh, Bradley everything they wanted this week. And Vance, where is this game being played? Uh, at the Union. No, this that's at Horton oh, Fieldhouse. Oh, it's at Horton. Sorry, yeah, Jesus. Jeez, Vance, wait right. a minute. Just I teed it up for you right there, and you just and missed. just absolutely uh, oh, whipped on a softball pitch. Uh, but yeah, no, this is really cool, uh, Valley fans. Illinois State is having a game at Horton Fieldhouse, which used to be the home of the Redbirds before RBA was built. So very cool for Illinois State fans to do some, have some nostalgia and go see a game on an atmosphere that they have not been able to do in quite some time. I'm so excited about this game. It was, uh, it was funny. I was actually, when I picked up my son from school, um, I was telling him, I was like, hey, uh, you want to go to the game this, this weekend? He's psyched. So to go to a game I'm, I'm pumped for it um this is uh this is actually an interesting matchup tough game with uh siue vance uh after they had such a tight game with bradley um i know i should probably pick siue and i would guess that they'll probably be favored but i'm not picking against illinois state at horton so move on <laughs> uh, it's horton magic uh bellarmine uh, hosting missouri or uh, murray state um Right. Go to, go to Louisville. Yeah. Belmont hosting Middle Tennessee here, Baker. Yeah, Belmont should win this game. I, uh, Middle Tennessee is actually a like opponent. They played at Missouri State earlier this year, and Missouri State beat the brakes off them. So give me Belmont there. And then uh, Missouri State is hosting Purdue Fort Wayne. Let's hope Missouri State gets it back on track. I'm going to take the Bears. And then uh, Southern Illinois is hosting Alcorn State. This is a big game for you guys, Vance. I, don't, I, I, I can't imagine it's going to be a competitive game, but I think you played a competitive game against them a couple of years ago. So um, a game you guys need to win. Get some confidence back. And then uh, on Sunday, December 11th, Southern Indiana is hosting Indiana State. Um, quick note here, uh, Southern Indiana hosted the Salukis in their first D1 home game and beat the Salukis earlier this season. So this is a game, uh, a result that I'm going to be looking at here pretty closely. Yeah, don't overlook this game, Indiana State, but uh, also don't be the second team to lose to Southern Indiana. Give me the trees. I'm with you. Moving on to Monday, Northern Iowa is hosting South Florida. Yeah, a game, uh, I think it's a very competitive game. Northern Iowa should be uh, should have a chance to win this one. Give me the give me the Panthers. And the last set of games, because I'm pretty sure this is finals week for a lot of the players here. Um, UIC is hosting Prairie View A and M. Yeah, I think this is a winnable game for the for the Flames. They can get back on track. And then Murray State is hosting Chicago State. Shouldn't lose that game. Murray State should be another easy win for them. And then uh, we won't talk about this one because Southern Illinois is playing a non-D1 school um, in Lincoln, Missouri. It's also in parentheses, uh, similar to go. Trinity earlier. There you go. Right, Should be, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good slate for Valley teams. Like, as you were going through those, Vance, like, there's not a lot of losses there. Like, this should, I, be, a, I, this should be a very successful week, especially for some of our top teams. Um, Southern Illinois advance a one and one in the season right now. I'm um, looking at Drake. It would be really nice for them to kind of get build some momentum back up uh, to where we can once 
back into Valley play again, uh, they're ready to rock and roll. Same here. It's going to be a fun week. Uh, I think we're just going to look for outliers this this week, right, Baker? I mean, there's there should be a lot of W's on the board for Valley schools, but really you're just looking for those those weird games that might give us some indication of either, hey, uh, teams are getting right, or maybe the trend uh, is, is still in a downturn. I think there's a lot of teams in, in both those categories right now. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Valley fans, before we get to Anthony Christensen from the Evansville Career Impress, let's, Baker, where can people interact with us this week? Yeah, you guys can find us on Twitter at MarchArchPod, at MarchArchBaker, uh, MarchArchMailBag. Tom is also where you guys can send uh, some feedback and some interesting thoughts. Love reading when you guys ever send us stuff. Um, yeah, we're, uh, it's kind of a, kind of a calm part of the season, so, um, We'll be back when we're back, I guess. I, I don't know if we're going to try to maybe try to do something before Christmas, um, try to do a quick episode for you guys. But other than that, we're uh, we're probably going to hold off on doing any spaces. We actually did a spaces. Uh, um, we didn't really talk about this, but we did one after the game heading back from Peoria, which was awesome. I had a lot of fun doing that, Vance. Um, I know you did as well. Uh, we're going to try to do those uh, when we can. We have big Valley nights uh, when both of us are uh, readily available. And hopefully, hopefully you guys enjoy that. And uh, I think Vance, you said that you you figured out how to record it, so we maybe be able to post that onto our uh, podcast feed as well. So um, it, it's it's a lot of fun interacting with you guys. And uh, uh, one thing I'll say is, if if you do see us do a space, is don't be afraid to you know call in. We had we had a lot of cool listeners call in. Uh, like I said, we for some of the Evansville fans, which is a lot of fun, Vance. So uh, look forward to interacting with you guys as the season goes on. Yeah, absolutely, and. Uh... You know, it's, it's one of those things of I want it to be that call-in show. I don't know if you remember these when you were uh, growing up, Baker, but I know after Sluky Games, you know, they do the post game, they have the coaches' interviews and the player interviews, and then they do call-in shows um, with, like, a different host. Like, I don't know. I just have vivid memories of these, so that's what I want some of those spaces to be is, you know, yeah. if some of those schools don't have that opportunity, uh, that's kind of how I foresee it, it working in the future. But always a fun time. We'll, we'll get that scheduled out. Um, here when conference season probably gets picked up more because – there's a lot more trash talk that can be talked, right? Because this is get right week. Uh, not a lot going on in, in the uh, Valley spectrum of that. We expect there to be large upsets. Yeah. And, and the one thing about advance is doing those spaces. It's a good way for us to get you guys content, Valley content. So you guys can kind of hear what we're thinking of, hear what everybody's, everybody's talking about when it comes to the Missouri Valley games. And that because, you know, as, as things get the season goes on some weeks, Vance and I, it's a little harder for us to kind of peg out an hour or so here to really record and dive into it because we don't want to just kind of do a halfway good job for you guys. We want to make sure it's a good show. Um, this way we can at least maybe get you some good content out there. And like you said, Van, like we said, Vance, uh, post on our podcast feed just so you guys can listen to it after the fact uh, to yep. get a little bit more Valley fix for you. So Absolutely. Um, with that, as always, hold on for Anthony Christensen of the Evansville Courier Press to talk Evansville Purple Aces hoops. And with that, I'll say go Valley. All right, Valley fans, we are excited to have Anthony Christensen here on the March to Arch podcast in this 2022-2023 season. We're going to talk all things Evansville Purple Aces here with Anthony. Uh, first off, how are we doing? Thanks for joining us. I'm doing well. No, thank you for thank you for having me on. Definitely excited to talk about Evansville and uh, the Valley in, Valley in general. And so for those Valley fans out here, first year as a beat writer on the Evansville Purple Aces out of the Cur Evansville Courier Press. Um, Anthony, give us a little bit of your background. How did you get to Evansville um, in way of uh, what route? Uh, yeah, so this is my first post-grad job. I just graduated college in May. Um, and uh, so I, I vividly remember applying for this job because uh, – I I was the I was a finalist for a big internship at a at a pretty big paper and I didn't get it uh, because they decided to go with somebody who already lived in the city and so I was just kind of sad scrolling on uh, LinkedIn and saw this one and saw saw this job and uh, you know it's 
covering Division One college basketball, the Missouri Valley. It's not too far from, not too far from home, which is a suburb of St. Louis. So, um, you know, it all kind of, uh, all kind of um, came together and uh, decided to apply for it. And not long after that, uh, Chad emailed me and uh, yeah, interviewed me and got me all all settled in and here we are just kind of uh briefly so anthony coming from uh the st louis area um what what was your did you know a lot about the missouri valley conference or the conference that you followed as obviously mm-hmm. it seems like you had a passion for sports uh how much did you know going into covering the evansville purple aces before you even got to evansville well i knew they were bad um <laughs> off a bad season at least, or in the middle of a bad season because I, I i applied for the job in a in December. And so after I applied for the job, I started really kind of, even though it was before I even got an interview, I just kind of like followed along with the team and saw some of the, some of the results. The one that obviously sticks out is the, the, the Loyola game. Uh, I think it was 83 to 31 or something like that. Just uh, not, not great, but I, I mean, I've, I've always kind of loosely followed the Valley, um, Last year as a student was my first year covering college basketball. I was covering the Mizzou men's team. And so I, you know, just kind of paid attention to anything and everything just to just to have a good understanding of the college basketball and men's college basketball landscape at at, at large. And um, yeah, so I knew about the Valley. I, I, uh, you know, I watched all of Arch Madness. I watched Arch Madness growing up just because, I mean, it's right. I never went to the games, but I always knew it was there. I always watched on TV. Um, so that was that was another kind of cool thing uh, about this job was uh, getting to actually cover, you know, Arch Madness when it's something that uh, was just kind of a big, uh, not a big part, but, you know, a part of uh, growing up in the St. Louis area and being being a basketball fan. So that was going to be my my question was being in the St. Louis area, you know, Arch Madness, I'm hoping you have familiarity with. So you, you've watched it, you know a little bit about it. Um, that That's good to hear in this Valley fans, um, you know, perspective, especially uh, you went to an SC school, um, Mizzou. So, yeah, glad you have some familiarity with Arch Madness. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know what? Don't let the Evansville um, career impress uh, cheap out when it, for Arch Madness, uh, just because you can probably stay with family um, that weekend. Make sure they get you a hotel room right by the Enterprise Center um, that weekend. <laughs> I'll do my best. All right. Well, right. well, let us know if we need to make you make a couple calls. But hey, let's get <laughs> let's get into the uh, Evansville Purple Aces. Uh, this season uh, coming off some interesting news this week uh, we're gonna get into the team as a whole um, and then kind of your thoughts in the Missouri Valley but um, mid-season unexpected uh, departure from the team uh, Blaze Beauchamp um, kind of maybe talk a little bit about that yeah so I mean I uh, I got a got a phone call as I was cooking dinner the other night and saying like hey this is about to happen so I had to kind of stressfully uh, put some stuff together kind of uh before it all like became public and um yeah so i uh you know blaze blaze i i mean i can't say this for sure it's just kind of speculation on my end but i i think he's probably frustrated a little bit with playing time um even though he was getting you know decent minutes and that's something that uh you know david ragland and the staff has been kind of uh big about is like you know we you can only start five guys but we've got you know eight nine guys who are going to be playing starter level minutes um but i guess blaze my like keyword there is guess because i i can't say for sure because that hasn't been like a a full confirmation but i'm thinking he probably was thinking he was going to get some more playing time and uh than he was but now he's uh no, he's off. And I, I, I do want to say Blaze is just, he's an awesome guy too. He's just the, the nicest guy ever. Um, super fun guy to talk to post game. So I'm going to miss my post game interviews with Blaze, but uh, you know, I, I did, uh, I did get a state from or a text from him uh, just, you know, to get a quote from him. Um, and he says, you know, mutual, he's you know still got all the love in the world for, uh, for the Evansville guys and the coaching staff. It's just kind of a, I think he's just, I, th- I think the exact wording he used was, uh, you know, sometimes things just don't work out or, or something along those lines, but you know, it is, it is kind of a blow for, for Evansville to lose him. He's the third leading scorer this season, obviously the leading returner from, uh, 
from last season. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of uh, replace his production and his uh, and his minutes. You know, it was I think your theory is pretty dead on because when we talked to Blaze at uh, Media Day in Vance, I don't know if you remember this, but he kind of had kind of an ownership level on this team. He kind of felt like this was his team going into the season. Um, he was kind of that leadership role. So I think your theory is probably right because it, it looked like, I don't know if the best way to put it is he was kind of passed over for a few more minutes than by a few guys who were a little bit more talented maybe. And um, and we can get into some of those guys here in a little bit. But um, any word on, I mean, is he kind of, does he have a plan in place of where he's going or is he just, it's a mutual leaving or what's the next step for Blaze if you know anything? Uh, he did tell me he he intends on entering the transfer portal. Okay. Um, maybe looking for uh, I can't say for sure that he's going to be looking for a midseason transfer, um, once the semester ends. Uh, but that would be my my best guess. Um, just because of when he did leave the program, um, which that would be interesting if you know that does happen because that would leave Evansville with an open scholarship spot to they themselves could uh, potentially pursue a midseason transfer. But that would be my. I do know he intends on entering the portal. I would assume it's going to be sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, so switching gears here, uh, let's talk about the Aces right now. Um, definitely, uh, it's a it's a new group under Ragland. Um, what are your thoughts so far? I know this is um, this is your first team covering post grad, but um, your thoughts on on Coach Ragland from the beginning when you first saw him and to kind of what he's as as we've gone on and what he's kind of. Uh, how he's evolved over time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, he's been pretty consistent since the first time I met him. He's, he's still the upbeat guy he was when I first, uh, first met him. And, uh, you know, he's uh, one thing I, I keep telling people is, you know, don't judge, you know, Evansville based on results this season, this season should not be judged purely in a win loss column basis. Um, I think the big thing that you have to look at is, is this team competing? Um, when you look at last season, which I, I did go back and I watched quite a bit of, you know, what happened last season, uh, just so I knew what I was comparing with. Um, and I mean, they're, they play a lot faster than they did last season. They definitely go for way more offensive rebounds than they did last season. Um, and so there, there, there are tangible improvements despite you know, the two and eight record at the time of uh of speaking <laughs> um but i i do think that's the big thing um the first couple of valley games haven't really gone to plan so far i would say um in terms of of that competitiveness especially the uh the southern illinois game uh just didn't ever really seem like they were in that one but uh the early part of the second half at northern iowa was 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 pretty good they got went out on a 14-2 run to start the second half in that one so i mean there's there's glimpses and I, 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 there's, there's potential in the team. Like I don't very rarely do I find myself saying that's a, that's a stupid shot to take or something along those lines, which is not the kind of a, uh, not the same as a, uh, you know, things I would think to myself watching the film from last season. So there is, there has been progress. Yeah. It definitely feels like it's a, it's a more talented team, more athletic team. It's going to, but it's still going to take some time to kind of get things rolling. I guess my, my follow-up to that is what do you feel like as, as someone, as an Illinois state fan, I, we're kind of looking at this season as a wash. What is there, is there really any bar that you're trying to get to with Evansville? You think as a, from the fan base's perspective, or do you think it's kind of a, this season's a wash. We just want to see tangible progress throughout the year. And, next year we hope to kind of take a few steps forward is that kind of where the fan base is or where where do you kind of gauge things i would say probably somewhere kind of in the in the middle like i wouldn't say you know a wash i mean people are still wanting to see wins people still want to you know have something to cheer for um but at the same time i think people do kind of accept the fact that you know this is where evansville is and you know seeing 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 progress is in a lot of ways, the wins of the season uh, are going to be a lot of the wins of the season, which so far there has been, you know, a lot of tangible progress, um, especially on the recruiting front, which we can talk about uh, later on if you guys want. But uh, no, I mean, so like I said, kind of in the middle of that, because I mean, the fan base obviously wants to see wins, but at the same time, I think, you know, for the most part, people are 
are, you know, they know where this program is, which when Raglan came in, wasn't necessarily in a very good spot. And uh, he's kind of trying to build it up from, from the ground level. And uh, um, you can see, you can see, you know, the first steps of that kind of being taken place. Uh, you could, as from the, so we did a, the other night we did a spaces and uh, we had a few Evansville uh, fans call in. They said um, pretty decent crowd for first uh, Valley game. Uh, I'm a, you're shaking your head. Yes. Like that was, that's, that's definitely the truth. Is there a little bit more buzz, buzz around Evansville? Because I mean, we're coming off of quote unquote Evansville era. That was not great to, to be nice. Um, is there at least some kind of, uh, I don't know, excitement around Ragland because especially if you we've talked to coach Ragland a few times and uh, his energy level he seem he definitely seems like he's he gives you that positive reinforcement about what he's doing so is that kind of what you're feeling from from the fan base perspective as well oh definitely yeah no the 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 uh the new staff has done a really good job of getting people you know involved again trying to get people excited about the program and the direction they're trying to take it um i think uh you know, there, there is, it, it's a little hard to compare just because I wasn't, I wasn't here last year, but, uh, you know, from talking to people, they, you know, they're talking about how my dog is over here hitting the wall with his tail. I'm sorry about that, but, uh, no, you're good I'm talking about, you, you, if you haven't listened to our show, uh, Vance's dog Kona likes to make a run in every once in a while. Oh, so I, we're good. I, I know I've been, I, I <laughs> up with the show, uh, um, but yeah, no, I, the people I've talked to have talked about how, you know, they're more excited for this coaching staff than they've been about Evansville bas- men's basketball in a long time. And people are, you know, telling me how, you know, they're going to Aces games for the first time in a long time. And, uh, you know, so there is, there is a buzz. There's, there's a very tangible buzz um, surrounding the program and the staff. And uh, that's, that's one big thing that they've done a really good job of is, uh, re-engaging the fan base um since coming in so when we're recording this it's sunday night uh the evansville purple aces are two and eight overall oh and two in missouri valley conference play you know i think you both hit on it pretty well like you're looking for those tangible you know progress in this season you know the way i kind of see it is you know battle at home and you know there's going to be kind of that bottom four tier of the missouri valley that i think evansville can kind of um, compare themselves to whether it be you know Valpo, um, Illinois State, maybe now uh, Belmont. I don't know. I'm not there yet. But you know, there's going to be that tier at the bottom that I think are really good. You know, kind of bellwether teams. You know, kind of what's your thoughts, uh, high level, just on the Missouri Valley this year, and maybe where Evansville kind of fits in this year. I think you know Evansville probably is like you said. You know, in that bottom four tier, um, alongside the likes of Valpo and probably Illinois state and Illinois Chicago has been a bit of a surprise early on, but uh, we'll see if they can, if they can keep it up. But I, I do think you're, you're right about, you know, where they stack up. Um, one of the big things that I highlighted with the uh, Southern Illinois game was, you know, this probably shows a lot, a large part of the gap between Evansville and the top of the conference um, just because SIU pretty thoroughly outplayed Evansville for the entire game. Um but uh, yeah, no, and then just talking about the Valley in general, you're talking about, you know, you got Drake's obviously the still a favorite. I know they lost to lost to Indiana State and Indiana State's going to make me eat eat, eat my uh, my preseason uh, ballot because I think I had them finishing eighth and uh, they do not look like an eighth place team. <laughs> um, Indiana, Indiana State looks really good, and I'm I'm really impressed with with, uh, with what uh, Josh Shirts has going on there. But the, the, the league looks like it has – a lot of parody um, this season, which is is fun for me to, co- to cover, and I'm sure it's fun for people to watch as well. Um, when we get into you know the March talks and everything like that, I'm not sure that I see the Valley as a two bid league uh, at the moment, um, but I think that you know it, some teams could maybe make the argument. I know that with Bradley, it was really some of the injury woes that they've had early on, you know, really hurt. Uh, Southern Illinois had the win against Oklahoma State, but then lost to Southern Indiana. That really hurts the the potential for a two-bid status. But uh, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, you know, so one thing I, I, be, I don't want to be totally doom and gloom on Evansville here because um, there are some bright spots, Anthony. 
Um, Kenny Strawbridge, guy who a lot of people who um, maybe haven't followed the Aces this year, um, haven't watched a lot of Aces basketball, haven't seen how good he is. And and there's there's a list of guys on this team that that do a lot of a lot of good things. Toomey is a good player. Coleman, I've liked a lot of things he does out on the floor. But Kenny Strawbridge is the one that's going to kind of jump off the page. He's been in double figures almost every game. Uh, can you talk about Kenny and what he means to this team? And you know, how where where do you think where do you think the ceiling is for for this team? If you if you could, where do you where do you see this team going? If if things continue to evolve, they they get better. What could they get to this year? So first, talking about Kenny, I mean he's he's fun to watch, especially when he gets kind of in a in a groove of things. He uh, not to not to harp too much on my glory days of college, but uh, he he reminds me a lot of Kobe Brown last season with Mizzou just kind of the guy, the most important guy in your team. Because if, if he has a good night, your team's going to have a chance. If he doesn't have a good night, well, sorry. But, you know, he's a guy who can score on all three levels. You know, he's he's the go-to guy on offense. When you look at, you know, Evansville's, you know, metrics on Ken Palm, he is the, the guy they go to. I think he – I'm pretty sure he touches the ball or is involved in, I think, 70% of their possessions, which is, you know, it's a pretty large number. <laughs> huge. That's huge usage. Yeah. Uh, don't don't quote me on that. I could be completely wrong, but I think I'm pretty sure he is. He is the go-to guy by quite a quite a margin. That I know for sure. Definitely. Um, <laughs> but then talking about you know this team and its potential ceiling, I mean, you look at those first two games at Miami, Ohio, and at St. Louis. You've got, I mean, a game they probably you know, definitely weren't expected to win at Miami, Ohio. That's still, I think, the, the only time they put together a full 40 minutes is that game at Miami, Ohio. And they showed that they can, you know, they can put a game together and they can beat some teams, especially like Miami, Ohio. That's probably, you know, a team that you want to beat and kind of get on that level uh, when you look at last season. And then the St. Louis game for about the middle chunk of that game, like if we're breaking it into – like a four quarter NBA game, probably second and third quarter, they were the better team, which is, you know, saying a lot considering, you know, that's a really good St. Louis team, the Maryland game aside. Um, and I think that that ceiling is probably visible in those two games. I still think if they can put together some consistency, you can probably see them finish you know, somewhere between seven and 10 in the Valley. I'm not sure that I see that happening. Um, but I think that is a potential ceiling. Um, but I do think that it's still, like we mentioned previously, that kind of group before they're at the bottom. Um, yeah. So I want to, I want to get you, this will be my last one. Um, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you because you did get to get a chance to see uh, two Valley teams up close and personal, uh, Southern Illinois, which you mentioned a little bit earlier, and then Northern Iowa as well. Um, just quick, you, quickly your thoughts, because I know a lot of fans out there who are Saluki and Panther fans are going to want to hear what your perspective is from an outsider of their teams. Um, what are your thoughts on the Salukis and the Panthers, if you can give us just a quick mm -hmm. snippet of what you, what you saw out of those two teams and what you think that their future looks like in the Valley? Yeah, so the Salukis, I mean, the big thing with them over the years has been consistency. Um, and I think when they were at Ford Center, they showed the team they can be. They were really impressive. I mean, Marcus Damask, or yeah, I always get him and Rink Mask confused for some reason. Um, <laughs> um, you know, he was held to no points in the first half, if I remember correctly, and he but he still was impacting the game. I think he had seven assists in the first half or mm -hmm. over the course of the game. So he was still impacting the game. And then he also came alive in the second half as well. And I think without him scoring, you still see, you know, the other guys stepping up and really being able to, you know, fill in when he's not having the best of games. Um, Northern Iowa, I unfortunately didn't get to uh, make the trip out there. Um, but Bowen Bourne can play, man. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's not exactly a uh, a shocking revelation, but I mean that guy, my goodness, uh, he can he can shoot the lights out. Um, one thing I will say about Northern Iowa, obviously Northern Iowa is one of the younger teams in the valley, I believe, um, and so they did kind of show some streakiness in that game, and uh, 
kind of showed some of the some of its own inconsistencies like like I mentioned previously that Evansville went on a 14-2 run to make it a game early in the second half um and what really should have not been a game especially given how northern iowa started versus how evansville started i think the score was 18 to 4 at one point yeah but i think i think northern iowa has the right pieces um like titan anderson bowen Bourne, obviously two really good players um i just i i would like to see more consistency there if that makes if that makes any sense whatsoever <laughs> no it does it does so it's interesting we actually just got done uh we saw them in bradley or at bradley uh this past week and and, and what you're saying is 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 definitely true i mean bowen born is a guy who can put the he can fill it up for sure but um it was a it, it sometimes feels like that that offense loses sync at times and especially when they run into a really good defensive team when Bradley kind of ramped it up they kind of ran that that was the problem with them so I think that kind of lends to your consistency issue there as well but um Anthony uh thank you so much for coming on the show um before we get you out of here uh where can everybody find you uh plug anything you want to yeah so you'll find me on the on the courier and press website just courierpress.com uh you can find me on twitter at amf christensen uh Christensen is K-R-I-S-T-E-N-S-E-N. A lot of people don't uh, don't spell that correctly on their first try. But um, also the AM or AMF is uh, Anthony Michael Francis, not Anthony Mother Effing, as people like to <laughs> like to suggest. But, um, like but yeah, that. you'll find me find me for the most part. Yeah, definitely uh, give him a follow, Valley fans, because. Uh... If you want to know anything about the Purple Aces, Anthony is a good foul. And and just in general, general fun when it comes to Twitter. So um, you're going to be making a lot of trips this year. Uh, I, I understand you didn't make the trip to Northern Iowa. Is Are you going to a lot of road games, you think, this year? Or is it going to be more at home? That's the, that's the hope. Um, I'm going to definitely try to try to make up, you know, as many trips as I can. Uh, just because, I mean, that's a big part of why I wanted to get into this job was the travel. So, uh like I'm definitely going to try to get to Missouri State just because that's kind of a a middle ground between home and here, um, or home is a middle ground between there and here. Sure. Um, and then I mean, I've got a good friend of mine, shout out Caroline, who I'll stay with uh, it, for the UIC game. Uh, definitely going to try and make the Nashville trip for Belmont because it's Nashville, um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know that. The nice thing about the valley is that it's pretty, pretty compressed. Most of the places are are pretty drivable, so I'll definitely try to make to make it to uh, the majority of the road games for sure. That's awesome. Well, it has been uh, been great having you on the show. Thank you so much. Hopefully, we can do this again. Uh, Anthony Christensen, the beat writer for the Evansville Purple Aces. Thank you very much for having me. Start talking about the valley. Why not? <laughs>